You're listening to Happy from the Inside Out with Megan Bunner, episode number six. Happiness is a skill and one that you can learn. Each week, I'll bring you timeless wisdom, inspiring stories, and practical tips on how to permanently reduce your stress and love the life you've been given. This work turned my life around, and I believe it will be equally as amazing for you. Let's get started. What is going on? It is so good to be with you today on our sixth episode. How fun. And today we are talking about the why and how to process our feelings. We have already discussed how stress is the number one killer by proxy as described by the American Medical Association, and that 60% of the illnesses that we face are caused or exacerbated or made worse because of stress. Now, where does stress come from? I have submitted that stress comes from your thoughts, that stress is created from within us, how we think about our lives, how we think about our circumstances, the things that happen to us, the the pickles that we get ourselves into. This is the way that stress is created. And stress is it's amazing because they have they've been able to find out that stress and chronic stress actually changes our DNA. And this is where our DNA is altered and then illnesses are born or made worse. And the incredible thing is if we're able to do that, if we're able to make something worse in our bodies, we can also do the opposite because we're still the one creating here. We're still the ones who are able to reverse that. And I realize what a big ask this is of me to have you believe this, to believe that we create our own stress, that it's not the things outside of us, our job, our boss, or our husband, or our children, or our mothers, or mother-in-laws, or nothing outside of us that's actually causing our stress, that it's coming from within us by the way we think about our lives. I know this is a big ask because it defies how we feel about our lives, You know, even as children, we're taught that we cause other people's feelings. And I've talked about this, uh, that it's our responsibility to be nice because we don't want to hurt someone else's feelings. And this line of thinking is very well-intentioned, but it is absolutely incorrect. You know, we've been taught, don't say that, you hurt her feelings. Or when you do that, you hurt his feelings. So go apologize. The motive is good. There are good intentions behind this. We don't want others to be hurt because we understand that feeling hurt isn't fun. You know, the golden rule, do to others what you would want them to do to you. Don't do to them what you don't want them to do to you. But here's the error. Thinking that you're the one creating someone else's feelings is just biologically incorrect. You are physically unable to place the chemicals in their body that cause their physiological response and their feelings. One of my favorite examples of not being able to create someone else's feelings is with unrequited love. Have you ever seen someone who is absolutely smitten with another person? You know, they adore them and they want to be with them. And they may even buy them gifts to inspire their love. But the other person just doesn't feel the same. In fact, 
crazy. They don't want anything to do with the adoring person. And if things get too crazy and uncomfortable, they might dislike the person so much that they file a restraining order against them for stalking. And I know I'm being silly here, but you see the point is we can't make someone feel something. No matter how hard we might try, we can't force another person to love us or anything else. This is because we can't create their feelings. Or perhaps you've been in a foul mood before and someone has tried to cheer you up. You know, they were working overtime to help you feel better, but you just didn't catch on. And you might have even been annoyed at their attention instead of encouraged by it. This is because other people don't create our feelings. Okay, imagine this. Perhaps you've heard the phrase, you just can't make her happy or you can't make him happy. And this is used as a way to explain someone's consistent criticism, even when, you know, they're supposedly getting what they want. It's because things and other people can't make us happy. Only our thoughts can, not someone else's thoughts. So I state all of these examples because I want it fresh in your mind. I create my feelings. Other people don't. And maybe to open your mind to the possibility, perhaps this is possible. And if you're accepting this, if you're buying into this this claim that only you can create your feelings, that means there's something you can do about them, that you have the ability to process them. And this is not by accident. This is by design. Our bodies are flushed with chemicals and then our bodies process them. I want to repeat a quote that I stated in, in episode three where I told you your feelings are not a problem. <laughs> this quote is from Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor, and it's from her book, My Stroke of Insight. And so I'll read the quote to you, and it's describing this process where you have a thought and the, the chemicals are created in your body and it shoots them into your, to your body and then how your body processes them. I think it's a beautifully concise way of stating it. So here's her quote. Something happens in your external world and the chemicals are flushed through your body, which puts it on full alert. For those chemicals to totally flush out of your body, it takes less than 90 seconds. This means that for 90 seconds, you can watch the process happening, you can feel it happening, and then you can watch it go away. After that, if you continue to feel anger and so on, you need to look at the thoughts that you're thinking that are re-stimulating the circuitry that is resulting in you having this physiological response over and over again. End quote. Okay. So many times we get stuck in emotions and think that we're helpless to that. The emotion gets trapped in our body and then that's where when we keep re-stimulating that circuitry in our brain by the thoughts that we're thinking and creating these chemicals over and over and over again, we bathe ourselves in this cocktail of whatever emotion it is. And it's likely unpleasant because that's generally how people on default thinking do. Not a problem. This is normal. When we bathe ourselves in that over and over and over again, these chemicals, our cells get used to it and then our DNA starts morphing and then we get sick. The stress literally changes our DNA and creates illnesses or exacerbates them in our bodies. So when we say stress is the number one killer, this is how this happens. The emotions get stuck. We think we're helpless and we can't control it because we can't change our external situation 
or we're just stuck and we don't know how to get out. And the illness is created from within our own body because of the thoughts we're thinking and we don't even realize it. We're, we're completely unaware that this is what's happening. And I've heard people later on say, you know, after the fact that they got their mind cleaned up and then their health started improving and they're, they're just so surprised at what a, a very direct connection there is between their thought life and their health, not just their mental health, but their physical health. There is a tremendously strong connection between the two. So if we want to live mentally healthy lives and our bodies to be healthy, we can support our emotional and physical health by allowing our feelings and processing them and figuring out what to do with them instead of them getting trapped in our bodies so that we stay in that awful chemical cocktail that starts damaging us over time. So this is my case for why to process your feelings so that you don't stay stuck in them and they don't morph into various illnesses in your body. Most women who find me have have already entered in that first phase of stress as attack on their bodies in the form of consistently feeling tired or exhausted. Now, I'm not a fortune teller, so I can't say how stress will morph in someone's body. It's not my job to predict it, but it is my job to help them process the stress so it can release. So often these women want to serve their families well, but they can't because they're too fragile themselves. They've not taken care of their own life, their own emotional health and healing. And processing the stress helps us get our energy back and helps us take good care of ourselves so that we can be a blessing to the people that we do serve, whoever they may be. So here's the big question. How do we process our feelings and our emotions? And again, remember, I'm using the words feelings and emotions here interchangeably because they're similar enough for our purposes that we're going to call them the same thing. All right. So how do we do this? The way I like to describe processing emotions and feelings, first of all, is through, through an analogy. Imagine that you are going to participate in a feelings experiment. You arrive at a clinic where you have volunteered to be injected with various emotions like happiness, guilt, uh, frustration, overwhelm, and bliss. And as part of the experiment, your job is to explain in detail how your body feels when those emotions are coursing through your veins. They're going to ask you a series of questions and then you locate the energy in your body and how it feels. It will come in some form of a vibration or a temperature. How does it feel? Does it feel fast? Like the vibration, is it quick or is it slow? Is it a pounding Is it a buzzing feeling? Is it heavy or light? Does it feel warm or cold or hot? Is this sensation moving? And then you would just stay with the sensation. You would follow it as it just moves around your body wherever it goes. So for example, when I'm feeling rage which 
isn't that often, but I've now been able to pay attention to it. When I'm feeling rage, my cheeks get really tingly and warm. Not painfully warm, just, you know, warm. And it def- I definitely notice it now that I'm paying attention to it. My fingers start tingling and it's like this energy is ripping through my fingertips and I get this, these shooting sensations down my arm and this rush comes through so quickly that my instinct left unchecked, I will just punch stuff because I have to release the energy. My legs start getting a similar sensation that my arms do. This this energy that rushes through and it makes me want to run. My breathing gets very shallow and my chest feels like it starts constricting and my throat starts feeling like it's constricting. Have you ever seen in movies where suddenly for the character Everything is zoomed into a hyper focus and it's like really quickly, a very fast shot where and everything zoomed in all of a sudden. That's what I feel like my vision does. And I'm just like in this bubble and so much energy. And it's I've in the past thought that this was a huge problem and blamed the other person in the room or situation or whatever it was blamed the other person for my rage. And now that I understand it's me creating this, I'm able to get curious and pay attention to the thoughts that are creating it without judgment. It's not a problem that I'm feeling rage. Of course I'm feeling rage. This is the thought that's triggering it right now. And, or a series of thoughts. And it's totally fine. And now I've realized, okay, All of these sensations are washing over my body right now. And perhaps within 90 seconds, it will be totally cleaned up and I won't feel this rage anymore. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. We'll see. But I allow it to be there and I just start noticing the sensations and wherever I see them, I just pay attention to them. If it's buzzing in my fingertips or my cheeks, I just put my focus there. Wherever the most energy is moving, I just put my attention there, my focus. I pay attention to it. I follow it. Where does it move? Maybe the energy moves from my fingertips into my chest. And then I'll pay attention to that. And then maybe the energy is going up and down in my chest. And I just follow it. Follow it with my attention, with my mind. I am watching my body experience this cocktail of rage that I have. This is a fascinating process. And if it's something that you're not familiar with, give it a try. I think it's so fascinating once we start noticing how our body responds to certain emotions. It gives you a whole different appreciation for how your body responds to your thoughts. Because Thoughts are the language of the mind, but feelings are the language of the body. And this is how the body experiences our life. But so many times we don't want to feel the rage. And so we shut down or we just lash out because of it. We try to push the energy out immediately. And it's just this 
awful process because we're resisting the rage. We don't realize that all of these sensations aren't a problem. It's what we make them mean in our head and we keep fueling the rage and we stay in the rage and we just rage against the rage. This is for any emotion. You can also do this for happiness. If you notice that you're feeling happy, you can pause and pay attention to where you feel the happiness in your body. How is your body experiencing the happiness? It might be calm, deep breaths accompanied by a gentle, warm feeling in your cheeks and perhaps your, your chest or your, your core might feel very light and your shoulders feel light and your jaw feels light and your, your eyebrows and forehead feel very light. This is just how your body is experiencing happiness. So if we go back to this example that you are participating in a clinical study and you arrive at the clinic, you know they're going to inject you with these emotions. And you sit down in the chair, they prepare you, you know which emotion is coming, you're aware of it, so nothing's surprising you. You're, you're probably even going to anticipate the feeling before it surges through your body. So let's say that they say, okay, you're going to experience guilt right now. You know guilt is about to happen. So you're expecting that your physiology is going to change. You're expecting not to feel the same as when you walked in the clinic. So it would be normal to feel guilt because you knew it was coming. It would still be uncomfortable physically but you likely wouldn't be rejecting it thinking, I'm not supposed to feel this way. I'm supposed to be happy. I hate feeling like this. I need to go get some ice cream and watch Netflix and go shopping. I've got to get out of here. It, I, I don't like this. I can't stand it. You likely wouldn't be telling any stories in your brain like that. You would know that you have signed up for this experiment. You'd be aware of it. It would be part of the experience, part of the process. It would be completely normal. You wouldn't be rejecting yourself and how you feel. Because like we talked about previously, when you reject how you feel, you are rejecting your experience in the world. You're rejecting yourself. It's not good enough. It has to be different. But because you are, you know, participating in this experiment, you know all of this is completely normal and it's okay. And you just start paying attention to all of the sensations in your body. You follow them. You document them for the clinical trial workers. And you tell them, okay, my cheeks are heating up. Okay, my core is getting really swirly and I'm feeling nauseated right now. But I'm, I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to throw it, but it feels like I'm about to. And then you'll tell them like, oh, my foot's twitching and, or my my eyebrows twitching or my, my eyebrows are furrowed. My forehead is furrowed. You'll be describing all of these things. You will tell them my shoulders feel like I'm, I'm 10 pounds heavier in my shoulders. Like I'm carrying weight, extra weight there. All of this would be normal and fine. And I want to invite you that the same can be experienced no matter what emotion you're experiencing. So you're not participating in a clinical study. This is your real life. You are living your life. And 
each and every day, you are going to have a series of emotions that you experience because of the thoughts that are triggering them. Not a problem. We don't have to be afraid of our thoughts. Remember, that was, in fact, the very first episode. Your thoughts are not a problem. You don't have to be afraid of your thoughts or the feelings that they create because they don't have to be permanent. If we don't choose to stay in the thought loop, which we have full control over, whether or not we realize it at each and every moment of our day, we have control over the thoughts that we're thinking. We just need to be aware of them. And that's the key. So often we are not aware of the thoughts driving our feelings. So if you're processing your feelings, something overtakes you, you're feeling guilt or grief or normally people don't want to process happy ones. They want to keep the happy ones in their bodies. Uh, But, you know, if you're feeling something heavier, let's say shame, shame feels so heavy Uh, or maybe anxiety. If you're feeling anxiety and it's your heart is pounding and it feels like it's flying, going to fly out of your chest and you start panicking because of it. I don't want to be feeling this. Oh, this is going to be terrible. And then these thoughts start coming in your head, how this is going to kill you and this is going to harm you or, you know, make things worse, whatever it is. And we start indulging in those thoughts. It increases the anxiety. But if you remember I have control over this. I am in control of my brain. I can control this. This is not a problem. And you relax into that. You can just breathe through the emotion. Pay attention. Become the watcher of your experience. It's kind of like zoom out of your own life and imagine, like if you're sitting in a chair, imagine you zoom out and you're watching yourself sit in a chair and you just start paying attention to all the feelings that you're feeling. This takes you back and gives you some perspective from the feelings. One, it helps you remember you are not your feelings. You are the person who is experiencing those feelings at that moment. That is not who you are. It is what you are experiencing. And this is so helpful, especially when we've gotten into a thought pattern of believing that we are the heaviness that we are experiencing. I am depressed. I define myself as depressed because I've experienced depression for so long that it's just who I think I am now, but it's not. Separating yourself from that is so helpful. You can even say something like, I'm noticing, I'm thinking the thought, I am depressed. Or I notice I'm feeling the feeling of depression. You you can take a step back, take a breath And just experience it in a new way. Once you do this, this allows the chemicals in your body to process through. And like Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor talks about it being a 90-second process. Oftentimes, we do re-stimulate the circuitry in our brains, which keeps creating the unwanted feeling, the unwanted emotion. That's okay. We're human. We don't have to do this perfectly. But with practice... You will get to the place where you don't make your feelings a problem and where your feelings don't set the course for your day. They don't lay the foundation for how the rest of your day is going to go because you've learned that your feelings are not a problem because they're only created by a thought. You are in charge of your thoughts and therefore you are in charge of your emotions. And if your body is going to clean it up naturally within 90 seconds, you can allow your body to do that by noticing 
the sensations in your body, and then moving on with your day. And sometimes you will carry the heaviness with you. There will be an element of the heaviness that, of the sensations that you're experiencing that just follow you as you're learning this work. And that is okay. We don't have to make that a problem. It's when we make it a problem that it gets worse, that it's exacerbated and that it just feels terrible. But if it's not a problem, you're instantly lighter. It's amazing. So if this is your first time hearing any training on how to process your feelings, this is just one way, but it's a way that I have found to be very solid and consistent. And when I give my body a voice, when I allow my body to express what it needs to, instead of rushing to hide by eating my feelings or bury them in Netflix or shopping to forget about them, when I honor my feelings, they can escape my body and move through me and I don't get stuck in the unwanted emotion and therefore I don't get stuck in the unwanted habits of my life. I can break any habit, I can break anything just by allowing my feelings and allowing my body to process them in a healthy way. So give this a try this week. I think you will be shocked by what you learn and by what you experience as a result of feeling your feelings. You can do this with happy feelings, with sad feelings, doesn't matter. All of your feelings, you can just pay attention to how your body experiences them and that will give you so much awareness. And awareness is something that is crucial for us to have if we're going to make changes in our life. And we'll talk a lot about awareness throughout this podcast. So go ahead, give these a try. And I would love to know how it goes for you and what your experience is like. All right. I hope you have a beautiful week. I look forward to seeing you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, if you're enjoying listening to this podcast, please leave me a review in Apple Podcasts to let me know what you think and to help others find happy from the inside out. Obviously, I hope you're learning a lot and able to feel more connected to and in charge of your life. If so, please leave me a five-star review with your favorite takeaways. That said, I do want your honest feedback so that I can be sure the information is relevant and useful to you. And if you are ready to dive deeper in this work, make sure you sign up to do a free consult with me. During this hour together, we'll look at the specific struggles you're facing and why nothing else is working. I'll share my insights on why you're not happy and the work I think that will change that dramatically. Whether or not we choose to work together, you'll leave with tools to get started on your journey. If you're stuck, this is something you don't want to miss. Sign up at bit.ly forward slash heymegan. That's H-E-Y-M-E-A-G-A-N. I'll see you soon.